The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome uh, to the Advisor Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. And, you know, it's really good to always welcome you to the Advisors Roundtable because we do see it like a round table. Um, You know, we think back to... Uh, what was it? Uh, King Arthur and Sir Lancelot mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and they had this yeah. round table. And even though King Arthur was in charge and Sir Lancelot seemed to be the favorite and the brave one and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that got all the press, every one of them were given an equal place. Right. And so at the advisor's round table, yeah, we're supposed to be in charge here and kind of running the ship or whatever and picking the subject matter. But uh, we, invite, we invite you and welcome you and, and glad you're here and, and hope you, uh, you, you get something out of this discussion. And since the first of the year, Bubba, I've been thinking about this article that I read, this um, Harvard-trained economist, mm-hmm. a guy named Kotlikoff, K-O-T-L-I-K-O-P-H. Um, he, he came out with this uh, article right after the first of the year, and it's the 21 money rules. Okay. Okay. And I've been thinking about this article because some of them I agree with and some of them I don't. All right. Um, now, you could say, hey, you didn't go to Harvard, mm-hmm. and you don't have a PhD from Harvard, and you're not an economist, and you don't write for international uh, uh, news. And uh, I did stay you? at a Holiday Inn Express one time. Oh, though. there you go. There you go. So maybe we do mm-hmm. have a couple of qualifications that, uh, you know, we could at least look at the other side of the mm-hmm. issue on some of these. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, his his uh, point here uh, related to home ownership. Mm-hmm. He says everybody, capital letters, should own a home and never rent. I think anytime you make blanket statements mm-hmm. that is inclusive like that, that like you say everybody or nobody. Or right? never, or, or never, always. or always. When mm-hmm. you have absolutes, mm-hmm. is when you've got issues. So there, because they, I would disagree. I think uh, that there are are perfect examples of individuals who might be better off renting. Yeah, yeah. Because there are some mm-hmm. times in your life, maybe a period where you're only going to live somewhere for one, two, three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were times in my life mm-hmm. when I was only living places for you know a year or less. Yeah. And does it make sense for you to have closing costs and mow mm-hmm. grass and pay taxes mm-hmm. and insurance and maintenance? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that, that's an example mm-hmm. there. Of, uh, and I understand what he's saying. Right. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, people ask me on the street from time to time, um, do you agree with Dave Ramsey? Mm-hmm. Man, I like Dave Ramsey. Yeah. And I agree with 80% of what he says. Actually, I don't agree with myself 100% right. of the time. I get in the shower t- sometimes and I think, why'd you say that stupid thing? Mm-hmm. Why did you do that stupid thing? So uh, don't take it as a personal affront if 
people don't 100 Mm percent completely agree with you Mm -hmm. uh but you know dave uh he has some things that he says that from time to time i think i don't know but he is on radio yeah and you know the producers are always trying to tell you and me to shock people yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now why well that's what sells ads Uh, right yeah, I guess more people... Just like a newspaper. Lead. You know, um, if it bleeds, it leads, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, from time to time, I don't know if these guys really believe what mm-hmm. they completely are, are saying, but they just, uh, they, mm-hmm. they shop. They say, and yeah. so he used this word, never. Yeah. There's there's another uh, commentator that I, I listen to occasionally on, on the radio, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Uh, young guy and, and very opinionated, uh, very uh, very articulate in the way that he makes arguments. Yeah. Uh, I think so. It's it's fun and entertaining to listen to, right? Yeah. But when he gets to the advertisements that he's reading, it's like he's just running down a script as quick as he can so that he can get to the next thing that he wants to say. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, and those are the people who are paying for the airtime where he, you know. So sometimes we need to stop and really think about what we're doing here and who's paying the bills really. So I'm going to run through some of these rules, these principles, these money rules uh, that this Harvard-trained economist came out with earlier in the year in his his, his um, uh, article and see how many of them we really agree. So do you want me to take the position that I agree with 100% everything that this guy says <laughs> and you take the opposite position? Either that or, or are we going to just take it one by one and yeah. see how we, we, yeah, we think how he we did? would come out. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that you know we're, we're sitting at coffee with mm-hmm. him or you know, yeah. sitting after work or something in, uh, at a bar or a restaurant, mm-hmm. and he sat down and started talking to us. See how many of these we really agree yeah. with. Uh, so number two, uh, after the one about the renting and the ownership of real estate, don't ever borrow for college. Don't ever borrow for college. You're going to see a lot of absolutes here. Yeah. And these are, these are absolutes. I, you know, again, I think, um, borrowing for college, uh, can be a good thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that it can be a good thing because, uh, if you borrow for college, which affords you the, the, the ability to go to college mm-hmm. and once you graduate from college and you have a higher paying job, I mean, mm-hmm. we've done statistics and shows before that says the average college graduate versus just a high school graduate makes well over a million dollars more in their lifetime yeah, yeah. in their working career. So it's, it, 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 it would be, if you're going to mortgage mm-hmm. something, Maybe it'd be okay to borrow. Now, -hmm. what he's saying is there are other alternatives to borrowing and Mm -hmm. maybe going to the prestigious school. Right. Because he said most of the time, and he said, hey, by the way, I'm a college at Mm -hmm. a prestigious, I mean, I'm a college professor at a prestigious school. Very prestigious. Harvard. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, but he says you can get a fine education. Mm Mm-hmm. That will give you practical experience yeah. at a bunch less expensive, less prestigious mm-hmm. institutions. Yeah, and as as Matt Damon said in the movie Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. you can get a fine education with a couple of hundred dollars worth of late fees. <laughs> uh, you know, at the local library. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're just looking for education, right. But if you're looking for education, that's going to help you maybe get a job one day or have the sheepskin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just says, take your time. Yeah. 
go to the community college, work your way through, go to a less prestigious place, mm -hmm. maybe go online and only take one or two classes at mm -hmm. a time. You don't necessarily have to finish in four or five years. Right. It could take you eight or ten years. Sure. And you could have a college degree and no debt. Now, we're going to go to break here, but we're going to come back and talk about why he is so emphatic about mm -hmm. the no debt part yeah. and why maybe we agree or disagree with that from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. Back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you on Super Talk Radio. And going into that last break, Bubba, we're talking about this, uh, this, this, this statement about never borrow for college. Um, I think if you're one of those people who, in the eighth grade, you knew you wanted to be a surgeon, and you've always done well in the math and science classes, and you get a scholarship, and you can go off to the prestigious school, and you're going to go straight into med mm -hmm. school, and there's no question that you're going to be able to make it, and you're going to love it, then you know you, you can probably borrow a little bit of money for that because it is your future, mm -hmm. and you're going to make plenty of money to be able to pay this back. Well, assuming you graduate. Yeah, but if you're not one of those people mm -hmm. that knows exactly what you're going to do, has all the capabilities to be able to do it, and you know, you're going to be in there four or five years and you still don't know if you're, you want an art degree or a yeah. history degree mm -hmm. or a math degree, and we feel like we're just languishing, or, or uh, so, you know, I look back on, 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 you know, my life personally, and I, mm. I used to think, yeah, you know, I think I, I want to be a physician mm -hmm. I, and, and really general surgery is kind of what, what piqued my interest. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had all the chemistries and the physics and, you know, the, the AP chemistries and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. in high school. And I got to about probably 11th or 12th grade and I, I started really thinking about it and I was like, mm -hmm. do I really want to do that job? It's, I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it. I it's prestigious because you're a physician. Mm -hmm. Number one, mm -hmm. you got a lot of schooling that you got to go to. But mm -hmm. then again, it, it's also kind of nasty, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you yeah, think about yeah, what a, yeah. a general surgeon does, I mean, yeah, yeah. they're doing bowel obstructions, mm -hmm. cutting off feet, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, doesn't bother me all that much. But still, it's you know, yeah. a taxing kind of job. And, and I, thankfully, some people want to do that. Some people love doing that, right? But if you know you you really don't know that that yeah. is your calling, mm -hmm. and you don't know it beyond a shadow of a doubt when you're 18, yeah. and you get three years into it, that's a lot of money mm -hmm. to decide that you know what I want to teach English, right? Okay, mm -hmm. and so I think a lot of times what we do is we jump into when we're considering mm -hmm. higher education, going to college, we jump into what's expected, right? What is the norm, and sometimes. We do borrow money. Lots of people yeah. borrow money, mm -hmm. and it feels like it's wasted. Why is it so important for us to really consider student debt before we get into it? Just from a practical, monthly, pay-it-back perspective. Why is student debt such a big issue to you and me and this Harvard-educated and trained economist? Yeah. Well, uh, upon, well, and you look at the student loan uh, industry right now and what's mm -hmm. out there in student debt, it's, it's large, mm -hmm. very large. Uh, large enough to the degree that, you know, you've got politicians saying, oh, we ought to forgive student debt. Well, I mean, 
you know, I don't know how you do that, yeah. right? You, you borrow money, you need to pay it back yeah. or you default, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, you, you've got the, the debt equation, but more importantly, I think once you graduate, mm-hmm. you've got to pay that back. Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't realize, and I know there are income testing means, you know, in order to pay these, uh, these debts back and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to have that burden around your neck, you know, six months after graduation that you've got to start making this payment of, you know, a thousand dollars a month or $500 a month. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. If Four. you're, if you're a, a, a surgeon right. and you're making several hundred thousand dollars a year, yeah, yeah you can probably yeah. do that. Yeah. If you take on a lot of, you know, uh, student loans, that sort of thing, and, and I'm not knocking English teachers here, uh, you know. But you know what our society pays them. We know what, what they're uh-huh. paid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, An extra $500 burden is tough. It, absolutely, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that is mm-hmm. practically, you make a good point, that the dealing mm-hmm. with it, and the longevity of dealing with it right. is the major issue. Here. Right. Especially for those of us who've done mm-hmm. that. You know, we got a few years under our belt mm-hmm. in adulthood and have done this adulting thing. And we're looking back and said, man, you know what? If I didn't have two or three or four or five hundred dollars mm-hmm. yeah. a month worth of debt, what could I do with that money? Right. And what's the opportunity cost of having uh, the opportunity of taking that money? And investing it, mm-hmm. saving it, paying off other debt, having it in a cash position so I wouldn't have to go into debt for the next car or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot more. There's freedom, yeah, in that. In um, not having that debt. I'm not. I'm gonna touch on just one other thing as mm-hmm. well. I, I think, um, and it, this has probably been the case for a long time. There's there's been kind of a negative connotation about community college. Mm-hmm. you know, like or junior college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Most people think, well, I need to go straight on to, to the university, mm-hmm. right? The four-year mm-hmm. school and, and, you know, do my schooling there. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh-huh. But I think that there is, uh, you know, a lot of positives that you can say about the community college system and, oh and junior goodness. college st- oh, yeah. system, yeah. Uh, especially if you don't have it figured out as to what you're interested in or really want to do. Yeah. Right? Right. You're, I mean, you know, English at, at comp at, at the community college is going to be about the same at, at the university. Yeah. Biology is going to be about the same. And mm-hmm. those are kind of your core curriculum classes that you've got to have anyway. Uh, so why not do it at a less expensive rate at one of the community college or, or do it for free at one of the community colleges mm-hmm. before you go? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, great points there. Mm-hmm. And from the point of view of finances, a very good piece of advice. Yeah, right. You know, it's a few thousand mm-hmm. dollars you may have just yeah. saved somebody. Even if you have to borrow the money, right? So it gets mm-hmm. back to this question. Mm-hmm. You, shouldn't, you shouldn't borrow any money for college. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to borrow the money for mm-hmm. community college, right? Community college is typically a lot less expensive yeah. than the university would be. Yeah. So I'd rather, you know, owe less money mm-hmm. on, on that schooling uh, than it would cost otherwise. Yeah. 
Here's a, uh, it's all good. So, you know, we've, we've already come through one or two mm-hmm. of these principles that he said. I don't know if his, we're going to make all 20 of these. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think we will. And uh, and I'm picking the ones that I think okay. we're going to disagree with right. or at least have to yeah. discuss mm-hmm. here. You know, we're not going to disagree with uh, pay cash as often as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not disagreeing with that. But some of these. I that, could, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's one. Uh, pay that mortgage off as fast as you can you know again i I think it depends on individual circumstances this is probably a blanket statement Mm -hmm. you know you you brought up uh dave ramsey Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know i admire dave ramsey and what he's done and i think uh, from time to time he makes some blanket statements that are good for most but not good for everybody so again, in this case, you know, paying off your mortgage as fast as you possibly can. Yeah, you mm-hmm. want to pay it off. You want to pay it off. American dream to own my house, Bubba. Yeah, right. Huh? huh? But you know, given the last ten years or so, when you've got mortgage rates that are below four percent, okay, what's the hurry? Uh-huh. Especially if you could invest the difference or what your extra payments would be elsewhere, or right. utilize. The extra payments elsewhere. All right, so let's uh, practically look at some numbers mm-hmm. here. Let's say, oh, money bag Phil over there. Let's say that he, even though he's got all this money just mm-hmm. stacked up like cordwood, yeah, and that's what you say he, he does. does. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but let's say that he had a a, a mortgage allegedly, allegedly, right. yeah. So let's say that you know he's it, never invited me over to see it all. No, no, yeah. exactly. But you know, it's it's a reputation right. on the mm-hmm. street. Yeah, urban legend. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, he has a mortgage on this place where he has all this money stacked mm-hmm. up like cordwood. And, you know, it cost him four or $500 a month for that mortgage. He got it mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. And it's at 3.5%. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he comes to you and he says, Bubba, you know, I work here at this radio station. I got all these dividends coming in from all this money mm-hmm. that I have. I've got an extra four or $500 a month. Mm-hmm. Should I take this extra four or 500 and invest it with all of the volatility possibilities mm-hmm. of the stock market? Or should I take this extra four or $500 a month and put it with the other four or 500 that I'm already spending on my mortgage and pay it off faster? Mm-hmm. Work him through that mathematically why it may or may not be a good idea for him to take the other extra money and put it on the mortgage and i i would say that either way you're building equity it's not a dumb thing to do it's, either one of it's them. not a dumb thing to do either one but either way you're building equity mm-hmm. and so how do you build equity mm-hmm. you either have savings and investments mm-hmm. or you pay off debt right 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 so uh in this case i would say if uh, Phil has a, I'm going to assume a 30-year mortgage here, right? Mm-hmm. Over a 30-year time frame, mm-hmm. generally the stock market does pretty good over, you know, a, a course of time, like 30 years. Oh, so generally, you're saying that most years he would make more money. That's right. Than the three and a half percent that it's costing him for the so mortgage. So if it's costing him three and a half percent and uh, on his mortgage, mm-hmm. or he and he's also getting probably some tax deductions on the mortgage interest and there a few go. other things as well, there right? You go. Right. Uh, or he could invest some of the difference over into an investment account or four hundred one k or whatever he's got, right? Mm-hmm. Which also may have some tax benefits. 
mm-hmm. and maybe maybe get a rate of return somewhere around eight percent. Oh, okay. Let him cover you know cover that and, and take the spread on it. And he keeps the yeah. spread in his pocket. That's right. So as opposed to using the money to pay down three mm-hmm. percent, he uses the money to make himself right. seven or eight percent. Mm-hmm. On average. And, and I've had, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come in and we've had this very same discussion. And some of them are just adamant. They want to pay their house off. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, that's fine. Some of them are adamant, you know, I'm, I'm all right borrowing the money and, not, you know, I'll take as long as I can to pay it off and I want to invest over here and that's fine. Yeah. Some of them, we kind of split the difference. Yeah. You know, if they got 500 extra dollars, save 250 and put an extra 250 on your house. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you can do. So both. it's it's not a one size fits all, I That's guess. That's exactly right, and none of the advice here at the mm-hmm. Advisors Roundtable is one size fits all. Stay with us through this break. We'll come on the other side and continue with these money rules and see which ones you agree with. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. We're discussing some money rules that. Uh, uh, Harvard-educated economist uh, Lawrence Kot, uh, uh, Kotlikoff, yeah, that's his name, uh, came out with after the first year, and I've been considering these, and 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 some of them we really agree with. I'm, I'm, uh, we we've been through about thirty minutes of the show, Bubba, and we we've come up with two or three that you know we didn't necessarily mm-hmm. disagree with. We just maybe disagreed with the. The, the, the way they were stated. Right. Um, but uh, here's one I think we will agree with. There's a thing called the compensation differential. Take advantage of it. Now, that sounds like something that comes out of the mouth of a Harvard-educated yeah. econ- economist. Compensation differential. A compensation differential. Yeah. All right, so let me explain to you in good old southern boy terms what the compensation okay. differential is. Um. If you're willing to deal with unpleasant, nerve-wracking, insecure, disturbing, uh, crazy people, you're probably going to get paid more. Say those again. If you're willing to deal with unpleasant, nerve-wracking, insecure, disturbing, crazy people, you're probably going to get paid more in your job than the dude that sits over there and doesn't have to deal with these people. That's called the compensation differential. If you walk in yeah. the in the in the in the door and there are two jobs available, mm-hmm. and one over here pays a hundred thousand dollars a year, but you got to deal with unpleasant, nerve wracking, crazy, insecure people in that job, and over here this other one pays eighty thousand dollars mm-hmm. a year, and you don't have to deal with those folks. Yeah, I'm probably doing the eighty thousand dollars a year. A lot job. of people, yeah, are, are they'll take the other job, but the compensation mm-hmm. differential. Uh, you pointed it out earlier about the the, the the surgeon, right? The surgeon had to do mm-hmm. ten years worth of ed mm-hmm. that a lot of people didn't have to right. do. The surgeon has to do mm-hmm. with the nastiness of the bowels yeah. mm-hmm. that other people don't have to do. The surgeon has mm-hmm. to explain. When somebody died on his table yeah. to mm-hmm. a wife. Huh? Surgeon gets talk, paid more, buddy. Talk about a tough job. And huh? you know, I'm I'm reminded of this television show that Mike Rowe used to do, Dirty Jobs. Yeah, yeah. And I think most people know what that is and, and, and have watched uh, that show. 
uh, I would say that there's a compensation differential there as well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because there, there may be certain jobs that some people just are unwilling to do. Why do you ever call a plumber? Well, number one, because huh? <laughs> I don't want to. There you go. Yeah. You don't want to do it. Yeah. Huh? It's, it's, it's like painting, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Painting is one thing that, yeah. you know, I, I'm okay at it. I've done it before, but uh-huh. I'd rather hire a professional. Uh-huh. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's called a compensation difference. Yeah. You get paid more to deal with insecure, unnerving, mm-hmm. nerve-wracking, unpleasant situations, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, now, here's the thing. Taking advantage of this compensation differential is key if you like and love what you're doing. Yeah. Now... Uh, some kids out there could hear you and me talking mm-hmm. and they say, man, I'm going to go become a plumber or a surgeon. Mm-hmm. What if you don't like it? Like you made the decision right. in the 11th grade. Yeah. I, just, I don't think I'd like mm-hmm. it. I could do it and I'd make more money, but I don't think I could like it. So your skills and education and experience and personal comfort level has to be mm-hmm. okay with this com- uh, this compensation differential. Sure. But if you're okay with it, mm-hmm. and that's what you want to do, you can you can make more money, especially if you embrace it. Mm. How do you embrace dealing with unpleasant people? Uh, I, <laughs> maybe that's another show. Some people are geared that way. <laughs> I think you know. Maybe that's a, another show that we need to have Cassandra on for. Mm. You know. Yeah. How do you deal with unpleasant people? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, and if you're willing to, and mm-hmm. you can, and you develop the skills, there are certain skills, and mm-hmm. some of them start, you know, with you, right? You know, controlling yourself, mm-hmm. watching the expressions on your face. Mm-hmm. Don't say the first thing that pops in your yeah. mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you can learn those skills about dealing with unpleasant, nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. insecure, whatever, uh, just know that there's. Uh, and- and, and again, you know, talking about the compensation differential here, mm-hmm. I think many people that, that do that kind of role or do that kind of, like a, maybe a customer service representative at a call center, Ooh. right? They're probably compensated a little bit more than somebody else would be in a, in a similar kind of role, right? Mm-hmm. But why? Because they're probably taking abuse from unhappy customers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, or they have to work at weird mm-hmm. times of the day and night. They're right. willing to take on that. Mm-hmm. But if you are, you can make more money. Yeah. Now, there may be people out there listening to this, but There may be people out there listening that do that kind of job, and the uh-huh. reason they're doing that job is because they know that they're compensated more for it. Yeah, yeah. Or there are other people mm-hmm. who say, you know, there you are. All you're concentrating on is the money, mm-hmm. the money, the money, making more money. What if you're not happy? I've already pointed that out. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to be happy doing this. You got to right. pick something you mm-hmm. like. But if you, if you have to choose mm-hmm. between two things that you could like, choose the one that's a little mm-hmm. more challenging. That's basically yep. what compensation differential is. Mm-hmm. Just choose the one that's more challenging. Here's one. Another one. He says, uh, married people end up richer. I, I can see that. Um... Not always, but I think the majority of the time you end up wealthier or richer as a married individual. You know how much purses cost, Bubba? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huh? Explain. I said not always. Huh? Yeah. 
Uh, let's let's talk about the dynamic here, because mm-hmm. I'm not again marriage. I'm I'm in one right. and, and doing well in one. Like the one, mm-hmm. I I, I want to keep it. Mm-hmm. All right, and I'll admit I probably have more money at this stage in my life than I would have if mm-hmm. I didn't. Now there are a lot of people who say no no no. There's no way. Mm-hmm. You know you I could live cheaper over here in a rent house mm-hmm. but she wants to own the one that's in the bigger neighborhood right. and you got to decorate it and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff so explain to me practically as a financial planner how mathematically you mm-hmm. can tell me that married people end up with more well uh generally today uh in in most married relationships both individuals work generally speaking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so you've got two incomes there uh-huh. Yeah, you may have uh, you know a larger house. You may have uh, more vehicles, that sort of thing. But you're going to have a vehicle and a house anyway, yeah. right? Whether you rent or you buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with two incomes, uh, and I think more importantly, uh, the ability to work together as a team mm-hmm. is what's going to uh, help mm-hmm. people that are married accomplish more from a wealth perspective. Than just being individual. So you mean sometimes she yeah. taught me how to doing stupid things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. Probably. And sometimes I'll encourage her to do something that's a little risky. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, babe. I, I am. I, I do want to leave leave this job that really pays good money and gives me mm-hmm. a free car and a bunch of health insurance. Right. And I want to go do this mm-hmm. other thing. I I think you're right. We 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 use each other as a sounding sure. board. Uh, in addition to having the the mm-hmm. double income possibilities, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got two incomes coming in. Maybe you can pay that mortgage off faster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You got two incomes coming in. Maybe you can save twice as much for retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the math can mean now that doesn't mean that if you don't marry, that you've made a yeah. bad mistake. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, generally speaking, married people end up with more money. It's like Daddy Warbucks over here, mm-hmm. you know? He's never been married oh. and probably has, you know, 80 cents out of every dollar he ever made uh-huh. and then some. Yeah, yeah. Here's another thing mm-hmm. related to marriage that this Harvard-educated um, economist points out. If you do get married, count on getting divorced at least once. Ooh, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. tough to hear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more likely than not. Mm-hmm. 52% of marriages now end in divorce. Oh, okay. So the uh, that that percentage is up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's up a little more, mm-hmm. a, a little bit. Um, and it may be up because we've had a lot of stuff going on in mm-hmm. our society in the last five years. Right. We've had wars. Mm-hmm. Economic turmoil. Economic turmoil. You've had the uh, the COVID pandemic that forced people to stay together twenty four seven, or stay at home together. Uh, stay at home together <laughs> is what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, sometimes absence is better for the heart and growing mm-hmm. fonder. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so you spent too much time with her, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to say I agree with the count on the divorce part of the thing. Um, statistically speaking, it may happen, but I think if you start counting on it, it sends some bad signals. Yeah. yeah. Huh? 
I've been watching uh, this television show called Ted Lasso, and <laughs> Ted Lasso is this coach who is just uh, eternally optimistic. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. And uh, and towards the end of the show, they were saying that uh, it's the hope that gets you, right, <laughs> or that kills you. The hope that kills you, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and his point was, well, I I think it's the hope that that keeps you going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you go into it counting on getting mm-hmm. divorced. I think you go into it or should go into it with the hope that this mm-hmm. is going to work and we're going to support one another and we're going to build something. Yeah. And if you go in it, you know, counting on a divorce, why even do it in the first place? There you, you know, go. yeah, really good point. Uh, or you the, can just give me half your money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy me a house and a car and right. move on. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come back after the break at the Advisors Roundtable. On Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about various pieces of financial advice that people get and whether we really agree with them or not, or whether we ought to peel the onion and see what's under there and what uh, the whole reasoning was. Here's one uh, Retiring early, retiring early is financial suicide. Uh, if you're prepared for retirement, I don't think so. Okay. Let's talk about agreeing with this for a moment okay. and then the disagreeing All part. Right. All right. So agreeing with it. Are there times when you see when where people retire too early? Yes. Financially and mm-hmm. spiritually and personally and practically and psychologically? And- Absolutely. Okay. So how in the world could it be bad for me to retire when I'm 55? Uh, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Uh, sounds like dad. Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. And even if you think you can, maybe you haven't given it full consideration. Okay. All right. So let's like say you it, may have a pension available to you mm-hmm. that allows you to retire at age 55 because you've spent so many years working mm-hmm. or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... 55 is young. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, if you. I mean, and I say that as a mid 40 year old, you know, knocking on 55. That's young. Yeah. Right? Uh, most of the time it is, but. Yeah, 55 the, is the new 40. Yeah. 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 And so if uh, two or three things I think I hear us coming up with are at work here. First of all, your physicality. Mm-hmm. If you've gotten a. a uh, you got a terminal disease, Bubba, and you're going to die within two years. Mm-hmm. If you can afford it, don't spend those two years at mm-hmm. the office. Yeah. Okay? I'm going to be like Billy the Kid. I'm finishing the game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. And so in that case, it could be good for you to go ahead and retire. As yeah. I said, if you can afford mm-hmm. it, it's not going to hurt your family, mm-hmm. and you only got two years. But... For the ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the rest of us mm-hmm. there, fifty five, eh, you're right, is young, very young, and when you look at all the aspects that go into retirement, healthcare being one of them, do you have adequate income during retirement? Uh, are you prepared for adequate income for a longer period of time? Mm-hmm. You know, 30, 40 years. Well, if you retire at 55, right, you've, you've got theoretically an extra 10 years 
mm-hmm. added on to your retirement longevity, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the majority of folks retire around 65, mm-hmm. so that's why I say you add 10 years to that. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of uh, factors that go into that. Yeah, uh, and one of them mm-hmm. is is your physicality mm-hmm. and health insurance and expenses related to that. All the other is the adequate income part. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people who retired in 1980 when interest rates mm-hmm. were at 15%. Right. And they had a couple hundred grand mm-hmm. and they were bringing in $30,000 a year. Right. Off of their CDs. Off their CDs. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was a pretty good. So, heck yeah, sign me up to, mm-hmm. to, to retire. And then the 90s, and, uh, and we went past the century mm-hmm. mark, and interest rates went down. And mm-hmm. now that same two or $300,000, you're getting less than 2% on. That's right. So That's a drastic change in income. That's uh, a drastic change in income. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a lot of this is mathematical and financial, mm-hmm. too. The other part that we all the time point out is that the psychological, spiritual aspect of it. Yeah. You know, at 55, you are way too young to to just stop completely. You got to need to have something to do, right? So even if you are prepared financially to retire at age 55, Mm -hmm. you got your house paid off, you got a a good pension coming in, you've got sufficient savings, Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to occupy your time? Now, some people are going to say, well, you know, I'm going to garden or I'm going to go fishing. Well, you know, are you really going to go fishing in December when it's uh, (laughs) 20 degrees outside? Some of you may, right? Are you going to garden, you know, in in January Mm. when it's snowing outside? I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you need a variety of things to do with your time. So rather than saying that uh, that I'm going to retire at age 55, maybe a, a better conversation would be to have, what's the next chapter bring to me okay. when I turn 55? Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, a school teacher or whatever until I turned age 55. Mm-hmm. But now I'm ready for a new, new exciting adventure and I want to go do something else. Yeah. Here's, I think, a good way to look at this mm-hmm. retiring early. Buddy... You're getting ready to take the longest, most expensive vacation mm-hmm. of your life. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, you really are. And paychecks stop. Right. Now, you may have checks coming in from the pension, mm-hmm. and you may later on sign up for the Social Security, and you may have money coming in off of your uh, investments, mm-hmm. but it's not all gravy and it's not all easy and it's not all cheap Mm -hmm. and so you really do need to think about it i think that's the reason that a lot of people um uh, when they made the decision it is kind of suicide Mm -hmm. but now for other people who have something to do a Mm -hmm. variety of things to do i'm going to do this over at the church and i'm going to do this fishing i'm going to do this golfing i'm going to do this tennis and i'm going Mm to go and visit the grandkids and i'm going to have freedom to pursue the other hobbies of my life and i'm going to reduce my stress Uh, some people can do it one of the most exciting things for me to hear of a retiree is for them to say these words i don't know where i ever had the time to work perfect and that means that they've got a fulfilling retirement to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't know that you have that kind of setup, mm-hmm. so uh, being able to retire is all about 
the setup right. of this long mm-hmm. vacation you're going to be on. And the setup should be financial, but the setup mm-hmm. also should be practical, lifestyle, mm-hmm. psychological. Now, if you've got all that set up mm-hmm. and a plan, great. Yeah. But if you don't, and you just haul off and retire mm-hmm. when you're 55 because you didn't necessarily like the job anymore. Yeah. Ooh. I, I would say uh, a goal would be to have the ability to retire at age 55, yep. Yep. whether you do or you don't. Whether you do or you don't. All right, here's a, uh, another one we're going to finish on here. Most conventional investment advice is not worth it. <laughs> Most conventional investment advice is not worth it. Yep. You, you, he, basically, uh, pay too much for it. Mm-hmm. You may not have the same person who put you in this investment mm-hmm. to see you through it. You ever see that? Yeah. You ever see somebody mm-hmm. come walking in and say, Bubba, somebody took my million dollars mm-hmm. and put it in these two mutual funds five years ago, mm-hmm. and I tried to call him back, and he's not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. Or he went to another firm. Right. Or he won't call me back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was it really worth it? I, I don't know. It depends on how, how those investments did for them, yeah. right? Yeah, and how they're inf- yeah. affecting your taxes. I think it goes back to the financial planning process. Mm-hmm. And whether you're buying a product mm-hmm. or you're buying a service. And I think that's the point yeah. here. Most people are, end up buying a product. If they buy a product, then I don't think that they're being well served. Mm-hmm. If they're buying a service, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, a fiduciary to look over what they're doing, mm-hmm. to make sure that they're doing it the right way, mm-hmm. uh, then I, I think that's much more valuable. Which means you'll probably end up with a variety of mm-hmm. investments and or products or whatever, and, right. and they'll be moved based on are they applicable to you mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. Then that's fine. But he's saying the majority of it, the majority of the mm-hmm. conventional investment advice just ain't worth it. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting, you end up getting a product, right? And you think you're getting a relationship, and a lot of times mm-hmm. those people leave. And it's not really investment advice in that case. Oh. It's a product that you're getting. Oh, oh, it's an investment product. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And we've spent lots of shows on the difference there. Right. All right. So I, I think it was good for us today to take some of these pieces of advice that are out there, take them apart, peel the onion, see whether we agree with them or not. Hope you learned something from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Mm-hmm.